Hey, hey, welcome to the Unchained Sex Cast. I'm Sierra Booker, sex and intimacy coach and sex enthusiast. I'm about to make your life a lot spicier. I help people find their truths and live their desires shame free. My goal is to break the generational and cultural shame around sexuality and sex, all while helping make your sexual experiences with yourself, partner, significant other in your life, everything that you desire. I am full of resources and I am extremely straight to the point. So if you are ready for the unsugarcoated talks, I'll be covering everything under the birds and the bees, aka sex. Welcome to the Unchained Sex Cast. Is going to be a wet and wild episode. So if you are a little squeamish at the thought, you've been warned. What is that wet shit? And why is everyone either grossed out by it or confused about what's coming out of their body? Well, we're probably confused because most of us haven't ever been taught what our body produces. So if you're a little squeamish, you've been warned. This is the Unchanged Sex Cast, so we're talking about the shit that no one wants to talk about. <laughs> this episode is going to talk about the wet shit and the mysterious magical unicorn of squirting. You heard it. We're going to talk about the wet shit and squirting right here on this episode. So buckle up, sit down, grab a drink, start cleaning your house. What the hell is squirting and why are people so fascinated by it? If I had a dollar 25 for every time that someone asked me about squirting over the past nine years, I would be able to retire. Literally. The good thing is, is I'm here to crush some myths and give you the straight up facts. And the facts are that sadly, there is not enough studies going on that support women's sexual health, women's orgasms, and female pleasure. And so a lot of what we have to go off of is not backed up by factual data. So if you have had anyone tell you otherwise, that's just is what it is. You can go search the internet to your heart's content, and I promise you, you're probably not going to find too much because this is hard information to receive, and I'm here to spill it all. Um, somebody who has extensively researched squirting, cervical fluids, arousal fluids, all the wet shit. I am also a licensed nurse, so I have that background just to really cover what the differences are and how a vulva owner's cycles change her body and what it produces. But y'all, if you, if you're not tapping into your body as a vulva owner, your body is going to give you every answer that you need. I hope this episode helps you to get to learn it a little bit better and feel normal. Feel fucking normal after this episode, please. If you feel normal, shoot me a message. Sometimes it takes me a few days to respond, but I will always respond to you. And if I don't, then send me another one after like a week. My response time can sometimes vary. If you didn't notice, I'm a pretty busy gal. Sometimes my days vary. Some days I can have just a few dozen messages come in, and some days I can have over a hundred messages come in. It really just varies. And you know, I love all of you and would never intentionally ignore you. The wet shit and squirting. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Stigmas. First off, I don't think anyone ever prepared me for the wet shit. No one ever talked about it. No one ever said, hey, in order for P to go in the V, it needs to be fucking lubricated. Like whoever told you that in sex ed? Nobody. 
Nobody ever told you that. Your mom definitely didn't tell you that. And if your mom did tell you that, thankfully you had a family who cared about your sexual health. This is something that I have talked about for years, and that is why the proper lubrication of your female part and your dude parts, whenever you're getting it on, are so important. The one thing is, is people aren't comfortable using lube. I have seen it over the years, how many couples and people are not even comfortable using lube. And I'm like, Lube is like a second word in my language. I say lube 24,000 times a day. I'm talking about lube all the time. And why is it so important? Because one, we were taught that our bodies were gross. That wet shit coming out of you, ew. How many times have you heard this? How many times have you thought that? How many times have you told that to yourself, ew? So first off, of course, people are not going to be comfortable with lube because females are taught that their bodies are gross. Females are taught that what their body produces is gross. I'm here to tell you that the vagina is the most magical part of your fucking body. It is self-cleansing. It maintains its own. It gives life. It births life into this fucking world. So if you don't think your vagina is magical, then just listen to a few more episodes and I might change your mind. The wet shit is not gross. It is a part of your body. It is your body's natural way of cleaning itself. It is your body's natural way of establishing and maintaining that pH level and the acidity of the vagina. And here's the thing. Sometimes our brains can be totally turned on and our vaginas are like, not today, bitch. So that is why proper lubrication is super important. Not only is using a lube during any kind of insertion, and what I mean by insertion is tampons, diva cups. If you're using or inserting feminine hygiene product, you should definitely be using a water-based lube. Water-based lubes mostly are going to be pH balanced, and they're going to replicate your own natural moisture. That is going to provide that protective barrier between you and whatever you're inserting. Whenever you insert things vaginally and even just on the outside of the vulva, you can cause micro tears into the tissues. And over time, micro tears are going to lead to scar tissue. And when you have scar tissue build up, you don't get that sensation back. You're going to lose sensations. I have been preaching this for years because so many women just don't know. And it's okay if you don't know, uh, but make sure you spare a sister and share this episode so that she knows more about her vagina too. Having that proper protective barrier is super important because it's going to help protect you against whatever you're inserting that can cause tearing, micro tears, and then of course upsetting your pH balance. Whenever our pH is offset, it can send us into an infection, yeast infections, UTIs, uh, BV, lots of common stuff that goes on. Some days we don't even have to have that happen. Our vaginas are just like, "Mm, we're going to hate you today. So when you get to know your body a little bit more, it's going to help you take care of her. And you're probably going to see a decrease in infections and things that you might have patterns with. So whatever you are inserting needs to be lubricated. Uh, Whether you feel like you are a waterfall or not, I still always recommend lubricant because like I said, it's going to provide that protective barrier. And if you are inserting a penis, penises are like sponges. They naturally just suck everything up. Imagine that penises are life suckers. Who would have ever thought penises just suck the life right out of you? Wow. Who would have ever thought that? Hmm. 
but they suck all of the natural moisture and lubricant up. So if you are having sex with one, sometimes you can notice going dry in the middle or you start to have a little bit of pain during the middle of intercourse. And sometimes that's just because a penis is just sucking it all up. So this is where you want to definitely reapply lubricants. Pause, take a second, readjust. The wet shit is normal. To have good sex, remember Cardi B? macaroni in a pot. That's what you want it to be like. <laughs> Whether that's naturally or with lubricant, I will always recommend lubricant because it's going to provide that protective barrier. Water-based lubricant is your number one go-to friend as a vulva owner. That's going to be your go-to to grab for your OBGYN visits. It's going to be your go-to to grab for that time of the month whenever you're inserting tampons or diva cups or anything to help with your menstrual cycle. Water-based lubricant and make sure that it has lactic acid. So when it has that ingredient in it, you know that it is going to be formulated to be pH balanced. So it's not going to throw your pH levels either way. Lube, lube, lube. The facts about the fluids. So what the hell is coming out of your body? I'm not going to go super deep into this. I am going to tell you the different types of fluids that a vulva owner does have. This will change. You have your cervical fluids. Those change depending upon which cycle you're in. Every vulva owner has four different phases that she's going to go through within about a 28-day period. The first one is going to be menstruation. This is where your uterus is shedding, you're bleeding, obviously flushing out all the things that you didn't make a baby with. And this is usually a time when there is no fluids and it can sometimes be dry. Either right before or after, it is really good to use lubricant. And like I said too, um, use lube to insert your tampons and stuff when you are. Next phase would be leading up to ovulation. And this is when your fluids can kind of be that sticky white thicker substance. Right after that period is when you ovulate. It's about 14, 12 to 14 days after your menstruation cycle. And during ovulation is when it is that eggy substance, that almost egg white, clear, and is very stretchy. It's like that old wives trick. If you look it up, it's very hard to find information about this stuff. So hopefully this helps people because I've done research for years and years and years. This is a way I love telling people, my couples who are trying to conceive, people who are looking for alternative or holistic methods versus just going to the doctor or taking ovulation tests. This is one way to determine how fertile you are. And that is to actually take your, your fluid between your fingers and stretch it. So the old trick on how they would tell how fertile you are is they would literally pinch your fluids between your thumb and forefinger. And whenever it stretches more than two to three inches, that indicates your most fertile stage. The first time I heard this, I literally was like, ew, that's gross. And then I was like, but this is the problem. My brain has been trained to think that fluids and this stuff is gross and there's nothing gross about it. This is normal. This is natural. And my body tells me when it's time to make a baby, how awesome is that? That my body knows and it knows how to tell me when it's time. This method still works. So that ovulation phase is during that egg clear, that stretchy fluid. And then afterwards is the luteal phase, which is when it can be sticky or dry. So those are your different types of cervical fluids. They're going to change and shift throughout your four different phases of your cycle. Next would be arousal fluids. Your cervical fluids is what I just described arousal fluids are completely different. We're in a whole new ball game, all right? 
This is the sexy fluids, I guess you could call them. This, the arousal fluids. So this is different than cervical fluids. Arousal fluids are going to build up like blood flow. They come from the Bartholin glands, and those are two pea-sized glands located on either side of the vagina, right behind the labias. So they're more towards the opening. So when you become aroused, you guys have heard me talk about this before, and you'll definitely hear it more on this podcast. But when a vulva owner becomes aroused, her clitoris on the inside, their clitoris is actually has two glands that goes down either side of the labias. So when you become aroused, your blood is flowing to those areas. It's engorging those areas. Clitoris will become enlarged. So when you are becoming aroused, your clitoris is actually going to become enlarged around either side. You're going to have those arousal fluids start to build too. And this is where some squirting can come from. That's why I always have people that ask, is squirting technically pee? The answer, hypothetically, because we don't have 100% answers, I'm going to say is no. Because when you are aroused, you have those fluids being drawn from your body to those areas, your clitoris, the outside of the labias, all of those erogenous zones, and you can even have fluid being pulled into the bladder or from the bladder. When someone were to hypothetically squirt, this is where those fluids are going to come from. They can come from the Bartholin glands on the outside of the vagina, right behind the labias, and even sometimes can come from hypothetically fluid coming down from the bladder. It is arousal fluid. Squirt is arousal fluid. And if you're like, what's the actual name? Squirt is the actual name. That is literally like if you were to Google the word squirt, that is the actual name for it. You have cervical fluids, arousal fluids, and squirt. <laughs> now, the only other Body fluid that I'll mention is just discharge, and this is usually thin or thick, and it can come from penises or vaginas. Again, all totally normal. The texture, odor, amount, and color can indicate that something is going on. So once again, your body is going to tell you what you need to know. Paying attention to your body, their body will tell you everything. Not using harmful soaps, fragrances to your vulva parts is also super, super, super important to maintaining that healthy pH balance. When you keep your pH happy, your risk of infections are going to be much, much lower. Not to mention those things can create a bacteria-rich environment that can cause odors to your vulva and vagina. So I always say stick away from all soaps. I am super, super sensitive. I only have one soap that I use and it's a soap that I sell in my online shop. It is a pH balanced soap. I use the fragrance ones or the unscented ones. If you're super, super sensitive, I definitely recommend the fragrance free ones. But these soaps are pH balanced and they are safe enough to wash the external labias. Use a soap that is safe for you. Do not use or ever insert anything though past the labias. There should be nothing that's ever inserted past the labias unless it is recommended by a doctor or a medication that they recommend. And even then, I would still do some background research around it to see if it's going to be right for your vulva vagina. Squirting, my friend. Why is the entire male population obsessed with anal and squirting? The entire population. I mean, it's just like an obsession. Squirting is asked about constantly, and my shy guys don't like to admit it, but they love it if my boisterous ass will bring it up first so that they can get the facts. I don't know how many times that it'll just kind of casually come up, and if you're with me, yeah, anal and squirting just casually comes up in conversation sometimes. When it does come up, they're like sitting around like a little kid, like, 
tell me everything I need to know and go and report back. So now you don't have to do that. You can just come and listen to my podcast and I'll tell you right to your ears all the things you should know about anal and squirting. So what is this mysterious mystical act called squirting? First off, like I said, squirting is the technical term. There's no slang here. Let's start with some facts and crush some myths. For a long time and still now, we are learning more and more about humans and the sexual response, our anatomy even. Um, if you did not know, the full clitoral anatomy wasn't even introduced to textbooks in OBGYN literature until the mid-2000s. <laughs> yes, I literally just said that. If you want to see some facts, there is a trauma survivor I follow on Instagram, Jessica Ann Penn, and she is pushing for the clitoris to be in literature right now. She has been fighting this fight for many years because she had undergone a procedure where the doctor did not know the neurovascular system of her clitoris and she was mutilated during this procedure. So I absolutely admire her so much. She is fighting so hard to keep this from happening to other women, and I highly recommend you go find her. But she is one of my resources that I love to follow because she has been fighting this. And the fact that women's bodies aren't actually being fully educated on, that's scary as hell. That's scary to know that whenever I go and have a baby, my doctor doesn't even know my full anatomy. That's insane. And the clitoris for females, like that is the only organ in our body and anyone's body that exists solely for pleasure. Guys, you don't have an organ that exists solely for pleasure. Penis owners, you don't have one. Clitoris owners, we have a clitoris and the clitorises exist solely for female pleasure. And we don't know shit about them. Doctors don't know shit about them. They were not introduced into textbooks. The full anatomy was not introduced into textbooks until the mid-2000s. That's a problem. That is a fucking problem. So a lot of research that has been done on squirting and a few topics are still considered to be, hypothetically speaking. As you can see, we had the internet before we had more information on the clitoris. So Bon Jovi concerts were going on before we knew about the clitoris. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this world? So a lot is hypothetically speaking, but there's actually two differences I want to make sure and point out. Your vaginal ejaculation and squirting are not the same thing. You can have involuntary squirting and voluntary, but there's two different, two different things. And squirting, you can squirt without even having an orgasm. So there is a difference between involuntary squirting and voluntary. So let's just kind of talk about that for a second. And then I'm probably going to end up doing another episode right after this one on squirting just because we're going to run out of time. And this is such a juicy, literally, topic that everyone wants to know about. So voluntary just means that you are inducing it. And involuntary means that it is just happening without your control. It's kind of like involuntary and voluntary breathing. Whenever I say, hey, are you breathing right now? You're instantly thinking about that. And now you are voluntary breathing versus before I said anything about it, you were doing it without even knowing. When it comes to squirting, it is mainly about your body being able to let go and fully release. And so what I've noticed in my own personal journey with this and with some of my clients that I have worked with about this, 
one, I'm so glad because whenever I got in the sexual wellness industry, this was hardly ever talked about and very rare that you would find accurate information on it. So where we've come in just 10 years has been amazing. I can't wait to see where the next 10 years go. And like I said, everything has been so hypothetical around this. From my viewpoint and from the the research that I have done, it is really about being in your body and having a full body release. And this is something I did not really get until I experienced it for myself. So I am a see it to believe it kind of person. Believe it or not, I'm from the fucking show me state. We like to see things before we believe it. But the feeling is almost a, oh, there's this pressure built up feeling. If only if I could just like release. And then the next thing I knew I had to change my bed down to the mattress. So It is definitely a feeling when it comes to squirting. It is more about having a full body release. And how can women actually have a full body release? Some of us just naturally do it. Some of us just naturally have the ability to fully release and release every time. It's kind of funny because some of the people that I follow on the other side of this who squirt all the time, you know, some of the challenges that they deal with is the fact that some of them can't have an orgasm without squirting. So to mean for them to just have like a quick masturbating session, it's not possible for them because they're going to soak everything. If you want someone else fun to follow, you can go follow the world record holder for volume squirting. She is so fun. I love her so much on Instagram. There's actually a world record for it out there. Huh? How crazy. But it's about having a full body release. And once you feel that release, it is literally your body letting go. I'm reading through a book right now called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's about how our body has kept score for us. And our body has held on to every feeling that we've ever felt. And if you've not really fully released that, and sometimes your body's going to hold on to that trauma. So this is another area that I dive into with some of my clients. This is another area that I dive into with some of my clients because they're having a hard time becoming roused and being comfortable in their sexuality because their body is holding that still. Their body is holding that tension, that trauma. And without really releasing that and moving that energy from your body, it is going to be a hard time being comfortable in your own sexuality. and experiencing good sex and good sexual experiences. So it is definitely a full body releasing feeling. And what I see too, and if you're a female listening to this, and if you're a dude, then you probably have already seen this in your vulva friends, but a lot of vulva owners have a hard time being fully present in their body, in their feelings. And if we are not fully present in our bodies and our feelings. And when I mean feelings, I also mean sexualities. Um, you know, we're still programmed that our bodies are gross, that where bodies aren't, aren't supposed to be touched. Our bodies belong to someone else. And so part of my coaching is really tapping and helping women tap into their own body and their feelings and helping them use that as their guide, because you will always know your body better than anyone else. Your body will give you signs that will guide you. It's just a matter of, are we listening to them? Do we know how to recognize them? So a lot of our work that we do one-on-one in one-on-one coaching sessions is about fully identifying how to become present again in my own body, how to show up for myself again. We're going to break down on the next episode, squirting a little bit more What happens when you have that full body release? Why would you want to have that full body release? And what are some tips and tricks that I could try by myself or with a partner on how to achieve it? So I'll leave the juicy, juicy stuff for you for the next episode. I'll catch you guys on our next episode, part two of 
squirting. So much for listening to the Unchained Sex Cast. For more, please follow us on Instagram under the Unchained Sex Cast or my coaching page, Inspired by Sierra. If you feel inclined, please feel free to share us with your friends. This is not a sponsored podcast, so it is by word of mouth. If you liked us, loved us, wanted to review us, please take a second and do so, and we would super appreciate it to help us organically grow. Thanks again for catching the Unchained Sex Cast. We'll see you on our next episode.